Welcome to Britpop Banter, another special for us, continuing our run of interviewing great artists and bands. We have one of our absolute favourites here, Mercury Machine, with us today, um, and we'll play some tunes off their uh, first album, discuss their new EP, um, and generally just have a bit of a chat, ask a few questions, get to know them. questions. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, so uh, with us, we've got two members of the band. So we've got Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello there. How you doing? Well, thank you. And we've got Carl as well. Hi, Carl. Hi. Hey, everyone. And we've also got Kev. Oh, don't, don't say it so, like that. So know. hi, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so let's get cracking. Kev, kick us off. You've got a couple of questions. Get stuck in. Yeah, look, look, thank you very much, guys. It's great to, to have you on the show. Um, honestly, your debut album is, is just on constant repeat with both me and Leslie. Um, and also, you, you guys are just uh, releasing a new EP as well, which we're going to play a bit of around the, the, the show as well, which we're really excited about. But if we can just go back to the start, what can you sort of tell us around how you guys um, came to be American Machine and how you formed as a band? And uh, I don't know which one of you wants to, to take the lead on that one and tell us. Probably Carl on that, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, I mean, myself and um, lead, lead singer Lee, uh, we've known each other for, ooh, for way, over 30 years. Um, we literally grew up a street park. Um, he was a little bit older than me, so he was kind of getting into music before me. He was in bands, and I was always a little bit jealous that, you know, I was, I was listening to his music. I was, like, oh. I was, a, I was a bit, a bit um, starstruck, um, you know, in, in my kind of early <laughs> years. Um, and I, I always wished that, you know, at one point in the in the future, um, I'll be able to be in a band with Lee. Um, so uh, finally got the opportunity many years later. I think it was around two thousand and three um and uh lee had just um formed a band called the grain and uh, was looking for a bass player now i i, I wasn't a bass player i was a, uh, a an acoustic guitarist so it's a bit of a, a bit of a shift to start playing the bass but uh, I, he gave me a week to learn all the songs before the first gig so that was that was quite that was nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, managed to do it though and i think i did quite well um so um so yeah so that was that was kind of the first time that lee and i came together but uh, even before that lee was in um lee was in a band in the 90s with um with our drummer gav uh in a band called alone and uh, they, became, they, they were quite successful um they signed a, a publishing deal with sony bmg um and they went on uh they, they supported bon jovi uh, oh, yeah. wow. that's, that's a big claim to fame, that one, the supporting Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of days in and it always comes out. Yeah, I get the feeling you hear that a lot. <laughs> Me and John are besties. Incidentally, a bit of an anecdote here is um, Lee's, Lee's partner um, was actually, so many, many years before they got together, was actually at that gig. So she actually saw <laughs> Lee perform many years before they <laughs> became... It, a, it was her first live gig, gig, wasn't it? Uh, I think it oh, was, wow. yeah. 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 What a great Written story. the stars. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah, so, uh, so Lee and Gav um, played together in the 90s. Um, myself and Lee played together in a, in a band and in the early noughties. Um, but then on to Mercury Machine. So this 
kind of project started, um, I think it's, I think it's around 2010. Um, right. and initially it was, a it was, um, it was kind of an electronic dance project. Um, so, um, we, we were all just kind of in the studio. Lee would take the lead on, uh, kind of constructing kind of electronic, uh, music and we'd, we'd invite, uh, vocalists and, 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 you know, just have an array of, 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 of talented vocalists to lay vocals over the tracks. Um, and I mean, fast forward a few years and we, we actually started to experiment a little bit and have guitars and things like that. And we thought, hang on, we, we can actually, uh, we can, we can transition this into a, into a kind of a, you know, a, a full band here. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so we started calling on, uh, kind of, uh, uh different artists, guitarists, uh, drummers and whatnot. And, um, we, we spent a, a couple of years refining all the songs. Um, before playing our first gig in 2014 um, as Mercury Machine, and uh, the only, the only, uh, it was only myself and Lee and three and three other people that are not uh, currently in Mercury Machine uh, mm. were, were in the band at that point. Um, there have been a few kind of iterations of the band uh, since then. Um, the current lineup with with Tim, who's 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 in this interview too, uh, Kay, the keyboard player, and and Gav. Um, I think Tim, did you join? Was it around 2015? Uh, yeah, about four, uh, four or five years ago now. So yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so we 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 put an ad out on uh, on like a, a musician kind of website, and uh, mm. yeah, we we were inundated with uh, with potential. Uh, that's that's a bit of a lie. I think we had about. Yeah, three say, is that actually true? <laughs> <laughs> that's true? I think we I think we had about three people. Um, but uh, as, as as soon as uh, Tim walked into the room and kind of had a bit of a jam, we 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 knew uh, we we liked him. He was a great guitarist, and we thought, yeah, this is this is the guy for us. Um, and then we had to we had to kind of drummer uh, leave around uh, twenty seventeen. Um, and then uh, Lee just called on his old friend Gav from from his '90s band alone. Um, mm. And uh, Gav at the time was just kind of picking up the drums. He was he was just starting to get into the drums. Um, so um, so he's like, yeah, do you want to come and audition? And then Gav came in, played along, and uh, and and yeah, he's he's still with us. Um, and then the keyboard player um, left around 2018. And um, a, a kind of a, a friend of Lee's, Cade, um, somebody that he used to kind of teach, um, uh, joined us as, as the keyboard player. So our current uh, lineup um, has been—we've been the current lineup for about yeah, about three years now. Wow, I, I had no idea that it was um, <laughs> going back to to two thousand and ten odd. Has the yeah. has has the sound? Chain obviously with the new members of the band and in and out and all that sort of stuff. Was the original theme or the sound of the band roughly the same, or is it a complete change for where you were back then? My, I mean, my opinion on that, um, I guess, would be it's a it's a continual evolution. It's put, mm. and I'd say the new EP has been part of that because obviously you bring new people in with new perspectives, and there's a new dynamic between the people in the band as well. You know, we've spent quite a lot of time together now over the last few years, and and done a lot of gigs and stuff like that. So that's brought us together as people, which then I think reflects in the sound and its development as well. But it's, it's also quite interesting because what Lee was doing during that time, he did he did actually have a studio. So he was in a studio and was doing production stuff as well. 
and then rehearsal rooms. So there was um, a lot. He spent a lot of time with with sounds and like the, and the dance music and the electronic music and the passion that he's got around synthesizers, which is obviously within mm-hmm. Mercury Machine, is also across a, a massive amount of music that he's actually done over the years. So. Yeah, it's, there's a there's a huge. He's it, very. He was a teacher as well, so he was teaching schools and things. So that musicality is within the music, but also within the band. And then, so there is a continual evolution, I guess, of the sound with people in it as well. I would say. Hmm. And where, where, what about the name Mercury Machine? Where, where did that come from? That is a good one. So um, the Mercury Machine was the nickname given to the first commercial. A computer um, that was made in Manchester, um, I think it was around the 50s. Um, it was the Ferranti Mark II, um, but the nickname, because of the, the kind of mercury element to the computer, um, it was nicknamed oh. the Mercury Machine. Um, so because we were uh, moving more towards this kind of electronic uh, type or computer-aided kind of synthesized music, um, and that we were a Manchester band, we, we, we just thought it was a, a nice fitting name. And you can go to the Science Museum here and actually see like the early version of that computer, and it's it's just really yeah, it's really nice. You can That's see cool. that That's an awesome story. It's yeah. awesome. So talk us through, I guess, who are some of the um, like bands or artists, I guess, that have influenced you and your sound. Yeah, for, for, I think we've all got quite different influences. To give you an example, we've been asked this question before and then Gav replied with White Snake. That's on record now. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, um, so, which obviously doesn't necessarily sound in the sound, but then if you hear him play the drums, it does a bit, really. Um, mm. So it, it's quite different. I mean, obviously, with the music itself, that the key driver for that is Lee's Lee's vision for the band and his songwriting and composition and his, you know, he, he has a classical background as well. And he's also into kind of Georgia Moroder dance stuff and electronic things yes. with that. There's craft work and things that are also influences for the band. There's Manchester bands, which I think we've got a bit of that, you know, attitude when we're playing and things are in it as well. Um, what else? He's into all sorts. So there's a film called Smile he was showing me with the other day. I think he's an Australian guy, actually. He's like a piano player. Um, that he's really, is it Hegel, Hegel or something that he's into? So oh. it, it's quite diverse for the things. What a, yeah, that, that would be my, my plan. You get compared to, Depe- to, to Depeche Mode a lot. Do you agree with that? And how does that make you feel? Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be horrible if you said shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awful. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I, I think Peshwa is a good a good comparison. We, I mean, obviously, we've, we're different as well. But one thing that again, it's really key to the band is the is the melody, and it's it's mm. not just the melody with mm. the vocal lines. It's, if you listen to me, there's there's a lot of detail in it. And the melody itself is something that's really, really thought about in detail. There's nothing in any of the recordings that Lee hasn't gone over a million percent in his mind as to why it's there and how the sound is constructed. I should say, partly, he suffers from autism a bit as well. So that's in part, you can hear that detail and attention to detail in the sound. Oh, so and, and it's, so the, the, the melody itself 
is really central to that. And I think that's something with Depeche Mode as well. Like the, the layers of the melodies and the way they work with each other is something that was probably a, a comparison we'd be really pleased about, I think. Yeah, I bet. Um, so I a shout out to our friend Chris over at the Soundtrack to a Life podcast. Um, we think he nailed it by describing you guys as the best soundtrack to a sexy 80s vampire mover that movie that never got made you've even got that on your website um but how did you feel when you first heard that we, we spoke about it. it we loved it he, 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 totally, he nailed it it was like it really like yeah. sometimes you get feedback that makes you realize what it is that you're doing and like that really helps clarify it actually it was really good that's awesome well let's play something from your debut album we can let listeners decide um we'd love to play fictional mind so here is fictional mind Oh my. 
So personally, I was obviously listening to your first album, but then was listening to other tracks on Spotify, and I listened to your cover of Power of Love, <laughs> um, which I loved because I actually <laughs> am a big sucker for that song. And any song that's been a Christmas number one, to be quite honest. Um, but um, what inspired you to do that cover? Oh, I I, th- I think it's just because we we all absolutely love that song. It's uh, it's a it's an absolute banger of a song, and uh, and, and Lee, Lee just kind of went away and did that. You know, he didn't really he didn't really say to anybody that he was doing it, and then all of a sudden he he kind of put it together really, really quickly. And as soon as he played it, I, re- I remember listening to it and thinking, oh my God, that's better than the original. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I've got to say that- I actually think it could be. <laughs> a few people have said that. Um, but I actually, uh, what I was really um, drawn in uh, by was, was the, the strength of his vocal. Um, for me, having spent many years with Lee, I just, I just thought he absolutely nailed the vocal on it. I thought it was his best vocal take ever. Um, and with with every song uh, that, we, that he's written since, I've always kind of referenced back to that. Like, let's get that vocal as good as you did on Power of Love. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Any other Christmas songs that you'd like to cover? Or just that one? <laughs> I think we'll just leave it at that one for now. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no Slade? Not a bit of Slade? <laughs> no. <laughs> we were talking about trying to do a video for that at one point, like a, quite a cheesy Christmas oh. video at the back. <laughs> I, can't <remember. laughs> I can't remember his idea it was, but I remember it being shot down in flames. <laughs> um, no, I loved it. I loved that track. So, um, But Kev and I, we've picked our favourite songs from the, the debut album to play. My pick is Where It Ends. Um, so before we play that, can you just tell us a little bit about that song? Yeah, I think, again, from, lyrically for that, my understanding is that was in relation to particular um, relationships, I think, that Lee had had. And then um, it was just a, a song about that getting to the point of where um, it, something needed to change. Um, yeah, and then obviously the parts, I guess my relationship with the songs is, is generally the musical parts in it as well. So that's t- obviously because I'm playing the guitar part. So my, I guess my version of that song is it's, I, re- I really like the fact that it goes from really low guitar parts up to kind of high parts as well, which I'd say is quite typical of the sound we've got because it's, again, that orchestral thing where you can hear things in the low end, but then also there's things that go right up into the high parts as well. And the relationship between those is like really carefully thought out. So that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Well, it's my favourite song on the debut album, so we'll play it. So here is where it ends.
So who, um, these days in music, who are you fans of or who are you listening to at this moment? Yeah, so I guess um, I, I really like Brian Eno at the moment. I'm really into Brian Eno. And, and, and I try to, I, I listen to all sorts of music, but I also listen to things that I think might help inform where we, how it, what we might do with the band and what's moving forward. So like for the, some of the newer tracks, that has, there's more of a focus from my guitar parts, I'm putting some more kind of atmospheric backdrop and colours and textures over the over the back of it because because there's so much melody in in, in the songs. Like there's there's a there's a lot of space that needs some kind of landscape with it. And I think it fits with that whole kind of soundtrack idea as well. So because of that I've really been getting into Brian Eno recently and just really the way that he uses sound and also like you know Radiohead also with like Ed, Ed O'Brien and, and the way that he has his guitar parts that create an expansive kind of mm. textures over the back. There's obviously the detail bits that are there as well, but it's kind of the contrast between yep. that. So at the moment, that would be something that I'm I'm really in, in, into listening to 
So things like that at the moment, yeah. Have you listened to Ed's newest solo album? Yeah. We reviewed that on the podcast. Oh, what were your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I liked it. I thought, um, yeah. I thought it's, it's interesting because I quite liked it early Radiohead as well. And I know mm. some people, you know, the journey they've been through is insane, really, and in a good way. Yeah. But um, even some of the early songs I really like because I just thought they were well-written, catchy tunes. And, you know, I remember going to watch them in, even in the early days. And um, I think I, I felt I could hear some of that in, the, in his in his songwriting and the way that these were put together through his newer stuff that was sort of reminiscent of some of the earlier Radiohead stuff. So it, it took mm-hmm. it back to a different place, really. So, yeah, quite, I quite liked it. I thought it was good. But for me, like, his his genius is the bit where he's just adding little touches of sound in things on some of the Radiohead things. And then you find out it was him that's done it in the background. And it's, mm. it's really, really cool. Yeah. What what did you guys think of it? We might move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? I, no, look, no, I know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It just we there were. It was for me. It was hit and miss. There were some really great tracks, and there were other ones where, yeah, some of them didn't make a lot of sense to us. Like it's some of them sounded like definitely you could hear the Radiohead, or it certainly could have appeared on later Radiohead albums. But yeah. some of them. There were misses for me, a couple of them. Do, do you know what it is? So I reckon, it, for me, that was a combination of what they are as a band. Because, it, like, mm. there, there were certain things, like, you could hear stuff that sounded a bit like U2 or something like that, which was not necessarily my thing I'd be that into. But then the little touches of sound that seemed to work really well in the context mm. of the five, you know, the other people in the band, it really works. But when it's just him mm. doing that, that's not as strong in some of those elements. I think... Um... From memory, I was a little bit more positive than, than Les, and I think it was almost like your high school report card, where it was, you know, you show potential, and and there's moments because uh, it was. I'm looking at the listing now. Shangri La in Brazil were amazing songs, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think there was other songs that didn't quite hit the mark, and so I think this is, you know, it's his first solo album. You know, it's it's great, but I want to see more. Um, yeah, and it's it's um, I mean, it is, yeah. Anyways, yeah, go. On. <laughs> No, no, keep going. I apologize. Keep going. Well, no, he's, he could be. He's put himself in a situation there, isn't he? Where he's he's got so much more pressure on him than he would be as an early artist going into his first solo yes. album, yeah. just because of that. Whereas the the yeah. developmental stage of the songwriting and everything else is obviously probably a, mm. a relatively early stage versus his what he's been doing in radio for so long. Absolutely, and and Carl, coming back to you, who's who's on your uh, Spotify most listened to list? Oh, uh, so I'm going through a bit of a melancholic stage uh, at the minute. Um, perhaps I'm just feeling sorry for myself with all the lockdown business and <laughs> COVID-19. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've always been a, I've always been a fan of. Um, I mean, I echo what what, what uh, Tim was saying there about about Radiohead, um, and particularly the kind mm. of the the bends and, and OK Computer mm. um, and and today. I mean, they're they're just absolutely incredible albums. Um, as well as that, Jeff Buckley, um, mm. and, and and also, yeah, it's already uh, come up in, in this chat, Depeche Mode. Um, I've mm. kind of, uh, there's, there's been, despite of having a bit of a Depeche Mode kind of um, sound, um, I've not really um, been back in touch with Depeche Mode for, for a few years, but more recently, um, I've just been kind of on YouTube and just, just whacking them on, and I've just, I've just fell in love with them again, how amazing mm. are Depeche mm. Mode is. Brilliant. Yeah. What's um you, you touched on, and normally we don't tend to, to go down the, 
the COVID path because probably everyone's tapped out a bit. But how have you guys kept going as as a band and also produced an EP, you know, through COVID and, and isolation? Yeah, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. Yeah. Um, from from the EP part, I guess what we had to do there, we we started working with the producer on this EP. There's a guy that um, has been working with Lee and 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 Carl and Gab for a while with with other things, but. Um, we were obviously able to go down to his studio at the start of this, um, which mm. was very useful. But then as it progressed, we, we weren't able to do that, so we had to do it remotely. So I was recording parts in my um, flat here and then liaising with Lee, send, you know, worked out a way to be able to send the different parts to him um, and then obviously talked about what we were doing and feeding it back. So it, 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 it was a challenge, but in a weird way, it sort of it added to some of the themes that are probably within the EP around, I would say, isolation and stuff like that, which is something we've said before about the music. Um, so mm. it, it sort of it had a role in a, in a way as well in what we were doing with the music and how we were putting it together. Uh, so just coming, we will come to the to the EP and we want to play some tracks off that. But just coming back to the to the release of your your debut album back in two thousand and nineteen, how did you feel getting that out and and what was the reception like to that album? I would, for me, um, it was fantastic to get that out. I can still remember very vividly the CDs arriving and unpacking mm. them in my flat. And uh, it's a wonderful sense of mm. achievement. Um, to do, just to do that, to have like um, something, you know, that when, when you've been in bands for lots of years and you get that moment and you've got like a... The work's all been done, of which was a, an extremely intensive period of time for everybody. So particularly, you know, if you're doing your, your jobs and stuff as well, like fitting in the, the time that you need to to get music to, to something that you're really proud of is, is a lot of work. And to get that at the end of it was fantastic. And I think we were all really pleased with it. And to be able to sit down and listen to the album and feel really good about it um, was, was great. And, yeah, and it was a catalyst to a lot of really other really positive things for for us really throughout the whole year. So we'll want to play another track from the album before we start to um, dig into the EP. We'll play Kev's favourite, so it's Black and White World. (laughs) Um, What can you tell us about that? In in terms of this one, for what it's about, again, from from Lee's perspective, this is really, I guess, some of this does link in with with Lee. He would talk a lot about... um, his relationship with the world and and, soci- and socially in particular can be a challenge, mm. in part because of the, the autism that I mentioned. So some of those things around the difficulty with social interaction um, comes out across a, a lot of the, the songs and some frustration. You can probably hear that a bit in the new EP as well. Mm. So one of this as well with the, the whole idea of kind of black and white world and the way that people would see things in a binary form rather than being considerate about each other and thinking about um, things on a deeper level is is really the, the overriding theory behind the lyrics of the song as well, and, and I like it because it's quite anthemic. Mm. And that's why I like it. Yeah, I get I, the same. The same. It's, it's it's excellent to hear the, the the meaning behind the track. I think that's added a whole new uh, layer to to my appreciation of the song. But you nailed it. It's anthemic. I mean, I just every time I hear that, I just want to belt it out. It's it's a fantastic song, and that's that's why it's 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 my favorite of that. Um, so we we'll just we we'll just quickly play. Uh, black and white world.
about the new EP. It's called Ascend. It's out on the 3rd of July. Talk to us about that. And why an EP, I guess, and, and not, is there an album coming after it? Talk to talk us through that. Yeah, so there's an album's worth of material. As, as I said, um, Lee's got more music in various places all over his house and in his computer than you can imagine. And there's, there's, a, there's you know, a lot of songs on there that we just need to work on and take to the next level. Um, and, you know, the, the stuff we're working on at the moment, um, already like this week, we've been doing some more stuff on a new and a new song there. And some other ones that we have that we know, I think, have probably got um, quite catchy to them as well. So the, there's lots of material there. The reason an EP, I guess, is just because there's a couple of... Th- I mean, 
it, it's to keep getting things out. Like we, we need to keep getting new music out, and that's something that obviously is good for us because it gives us opportunities to speak to guys um, like yourselves and and talk about what we're doing and explain the story of it, and it keeps the momen- momentum up of it. But also the, our process of putting music together is it does require a lot of time and, and attention to detail. Mm. And so that it's that that's the thing that we've realised with the music in part. In part because Lee is a perfectionist, and you know the new producer would testament to that as well. So we we you know that's a, which which is a benefit in the end, but it does mean that we're doing a lot of work and and focusing on until things are really right with it. And then also just the nature of the music as well means that it takes a bit of time to actually put together. And and so because of that, um, obviously managing time and making that happen is important. So we want to do that in the context of of continually releasing stuff as well. Awesome. So we want to play Broken, so it's the lead track. So before we do, um, like the other tracks, just talk us through that. What's what's Broken about? So Broken is <laughs> I don't, uh, bro- uh, Broken's a bit of a, a bit of a rant, really. Um, so it's it's, <laughs> it's it's about all the uh, different people across society with kind of egos and whatnot, and you know, just kind of traits that kind of really piss us off. Um, and this, this, that's what this song is about, really. Um, it's, it's quite inadvertently um, fitting with kind of the times at the minute. Um, you know, I think you know people are a little bit broken now with with uh, you know the way that the world is. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. When, when this came together, it was quite funny. Last year we did. Um, we ended up doing a gig with a, a, a guitarist, um, well, in a band called Sulphur. There's a, mm. a guy who heads up is a guy called Rob Holiday, and he's done loads of stuff. Like he toured with Marilyn Manson and the Prodigy for years and stuff. And he's, he's a nice guy. And basically, we ended up doing a couple of gigs with him. And then Lee Lee was listening to some of their tunes as well. They'd be a, a fair bit heavier than us. But um, while we were doing those gigs with them, Lee was listening to the, some of their tunes and the way they put some uh, some things together. And I, he was really inspired by that. So some of like the harsher. Um, keyboard parts that you'll hear in the song, some of the melodic ideas and, and things like that, it was was an influence from from sulfur basically. Yeah, a bit of an industrial sound, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that industrial thing. Well, I think it's a cracking track and certainly an amazing way to start the EP. So let's play it. Here's Broken.
There's, there's a bit in Broken, which I think is about the three-minute mark, where the drums kick in, and I'm a big fan of the of the dance act, the Orbital, and there's this yeah. synth and the drums that just kick in. I just God, that just blows my mind, and it comes out of nowhere on the track, and it just reminds me of the Orbital, and I just I just love it. It's a cracking, cracking tune, um, which sort of brings me on to this. your band that I think uh, would be amazing to see live. Like there's just, there's just these acts that you get from their music that would be amazing live. What's, what's it like, uh, seeing you, uh, play live and are you a band that sort of prefers to play live or are you in the studio, uh, behind the scenes? I, I think that's different for each of us. Like I, I love, I love playing live. I think Lee would say that he'd prefer to be in the studio, to be honest, mm. but when we get him out there, <laughs> when, he, when we get him out there, he to like when he gets, he always gets really stressed beforehand. But if I'm being honest, sometimes I quite like it because it means he's more intense than when he perform as he's performing. Yeah. So, mm. and and I think that that's again been something that's evolving over the time that we're we're together now and we're playing together more and we've done more things. And I think that it's 
I'm, the reaction that we get from people is, is has grown in its strength as well. Um, mm. So it is something that's, yeah, a, a good thing. <laughs> I guess. What so what does the what does the rest of the year look like for for you guys? Um, hoping that all of us get out of uh, you know isolation and and COVID passes. What what's the sort of next six months look for you guys? Well, we've got a really exciting thing happening actually, which we're doing an announcement this afternoon on. Uh, we're on BBC Manchester this afternoon, and basically, Woo-hoo! yeah, which is which is good stuff. And um, we've we were actually asked to go and play in Japan. Um, what? For a, yeah, so basically there's a music conference in Japan, in, in Osaka, and um, the guys have organised that. We've, we've sort of developed a bit of a relationship with a, a Japanese band because um, it was something that we've got some interest in the band on Japanese culture and stuff and anime mm. and things like that. So it was something we're really interested in. So anyway, through through various things that have happened, that they this band have got a promoter and manager who also happens to organize a music conf- an international music conference so he, wow. he asked us to go over there and play in september at this conference um, which is in front of the japanese music industry which we we were obviously really excited about also because of the whole the whole thing about the the sound as well and the synths and things we, we think that might be a really good match so that's all great and wonderful the only thing was of course with um the covid thing um mm. what that's meant is some of the Funding has gone, um, but however, it is all still happening. So, but we're doing it. We're we're live streaming. So we're going to be right. live streaming from Manchester to the to this Japanese conference, which is still going ahead all online across three days. Um, and then it, we're going to we're, we're going to try and do that from a, a really decent, iconic Manchester venue as well, um, and potentially get some a few like fans in um, to watch the performance. And then the great thing is we'll get to stream it live to to Japan. Um, in September, which which is pretty great, really. And we're all, we're also getting some Japanese drummers from a group that are um, not too far away to also wow. join us on a track as well. So that's that's quite that's congratulations, guys. That is phenomenal. Um, do you think so? Would we outside of that? Would you stream the um, the gig so anyone can sort of have a have a, a watch? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to put all the the connection up to it, and then we're going to try and make it as good a quality as well um, in terms of what we do and how we construct it. So yeah, the idea with that anybody can then tune in um, on the particular time that it's happening. Ah, oh, well done, guys. That's awesome news. That's awesome. Look forward to that. It's great news. Um, and look, finally, as you know, we are a Britpop podcast. Um, who were your standouts from that era, and where are you into? Well, first of all, were you into Britpop? And secondly, if you were, who were your key standout bands of that era? Mm. So, for, so for me, um, I was really kind of getting into music when uh, when it was kind of Oasis versus Blur. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know... <laughs> who is it? Oasis or Blur? <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it was Blur. I, I oh! My, 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 uh, my you to be different. Um, because I just prefer yeah. The, 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 the yeah I just prefer those more experimentate you know experimenting uh, with Britpop um, compared to wow uh, to, yeah to Oasis I know oh. Les you got you got to pick better guests because so far they've all been Team Blur this is, a, <laughs> this is insane this is insane that's not the answer I was expecting but anyway yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, so 
Oh, sorry, Carl, you go. No, I'm over to you, Tim. Um, I mean, yeah, I was I was really into Britpop, I guess. Um, so I was into all sorts of brands there. But, um, do you know, just thinking that I'm listening to the other day was Manson. Do you remember Manson? Oh, oh my oh, favourite yeah. band. My favourite. Yeah. Yes. That, that album was like really something I remember, and it was played quite a lot. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm also, I was also a quite a big Primal Scream fan. So I don't know whether you classify them as Britpop. Yes. Well, we era. we did, and we got slated for it, but oh, we did well, it anyway. It was a bit, it was a bit, of, it was a bit of contention. I wanted yeah. to throw the old Scream of Delica in our top fifty, and we had a few Britpop purists who um, kindly let me know that that shouldn't be anywhere near there. But, but you didn't whatever. care. You didn't care. They were yeah. British, and it was in the nineties. Move on. Yeah, I mean Scream of Delica is just. That's my criteria was. <laughs> Yeah, Scream of Delica is something. I mean, and I, and where I live, I'm in the centre of Manchester, so where the Hacienda was is literally at the bottom of my road, basically. So you've got all awesome. that kind of stuff just around there. And Tony Wilson Place is just like at the bottom of our road as well. So, yeah, Brilliant. all that stuff. Awesome. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for your time today and join us on the podcast. Um, look, we'd love to round it off with one more from your EP. Um, we'd love to play Escape, but before we do again, talk to us a bit about this track. Shelley, do you want to do the, because you worked on the melody with uh, Lee on this, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So so this one is a bit, a bit more of a, uh, it's a bit more expressive. Um, it's, it's kind of around, um, you know, when you, you spend a lot of time trying to uh, achieve something, you work so hard. Uh, to achieve something and but it, it, you just feel like you're kind of you're treading water and you don't seem to get there you feel a bit trapped um and you're just looking for that escape um so that's that's the kind of the sentiment behind that song yeah awesome. i guess for my part like from the guitar parts i'm doing on this this is when i was listening to that brian Eno stuff i was talking to tried to put like some space in the higher bits of the guitar and that's what i was thinking about in the in the verse bits so yeah that's my bit on it Brilliant. Well, just before we play it, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. I've loved um, getting to getting to chat to you, get to know a bit better, and hopefully um, our listeners have enjoyed the conversation and also the great music that we've played. So thanks again, guys. Thanks, Thank well. you. Thanks, thanks guys. Me. Cheers.
This will not define me. 